there's our typical music as episode 109 is underway. Now, maybe because of trademark reasons, we couldn't have played the theme song from Days of Our Lives or The Young and the Restless because we start with a soap opera. And there's a reason soap operas do so well because they have a continuing story, sometimes of excitement, others of futility over a long stretch, and it brings in the viewers or the listeners. From the outside, the soap opera is fun, but from the inside in Vancouver, it's not for the fan base. Uh, There was a press conference. I wouldn't say it's about nothing because we found some information out. Jim Rutherford, who's, remember, not the GM, the president of hockey operations, but Craig, he clearly is the boss. I have a couple quotes. Quote, we have to do major surgery. Quote, we've got to do things I didn't think we'd have to do when I first got here, but we're going to have to do them now. Uh, We're stuck with contracts we can't move. Contracts that either you signed or the previous administration. Bruce is our coach for now. Bo's contract offer is fair. Uh, For what he's done in the past, it's basically undervalued for what he's doing this year. And we're doing a retool. Craig, those are the kind of bullet points from a press conference that, well, I'm sure Vancouver fans would like to... uh, put a few bullets in the chambers as it relates to what they've seen this year and parts of last. Where where do you want to start with some of those quotes and what's going on in Vancouver? Have they made it worse since they arrived, the new regime? Well, it's it's a great question. So you you use soap operas. You you know, when the Titanic Titanic set sail, it said it was an unsinkable ship. (laughs) And the iceberg was there. Like, and they hit it dead on. And, you know, unfortunately, one of, one of the great disasters in history. Well, I'll tell you what, Jim Rutherford, it feels like he's the captain of the Titanic right now. Everybody knew what the iceberg was. Your blue line was not any good. You were never going to become a better team unless you addressed the blue line. So what I don't understand, Steve, is a manager, Jim Rutherford, who's got tons of experience there, how did you not recognize the problem that every single other person in hockey that was paying attention knew what the problem was? How, like, how do you arrive now in January of 2023 and go, oh boy, I, I thought we needed minor surgery. You were never going to be a contending team, a team of any consequence until you improve the blue line. So was he not paying attention? Did, did, did he think there was other problems? So then he talks about the salary cap. I'm just kind of going to different places. Salary cap. Signs JT Miller long-term, signs Kuzmenko. I mean, that's an entry-level deal. Signs McKayev as, as an unrestricted free agent. Huh. None of them are defensemen. When he was signing Kuzmenko and, and, uh, and McKayev, I'm going, well, this is pretty interesting. Like, he's, he's got lots of good offensive players. He's going to trade one of his offensive players or two of them to get some defensemen. Well, he didn't do any of that. So, like, I mean, what's the story? Like, Jim said – that in this press conference, he goes, I haven't done a very good job. He certainly has recognized his own shortcomings because they've been significant. And the bottom line is, Jim Rutherford's the head of it. You always go right to the top to look to where responsibility and accountability goes. Salary cap, Bo Horvat. Denigrated Bo Horvat long ago. He, he did it in the fall. Denigrated, denigrated Bruce Brodrill. That's leadership? I'll tell you what, Jim Rutherford is, has... has he hasn't completely failed in Vancouver, but he has failed to a big extent. And you can talk about how, how big the holes are. The holes are big. I'm not so sure if I was Francesco Aquilini that I'd have a lot of faith in Jim Rutherford to get to get us to get the Canucks where you need to get them. 
what was that movie about uh irreconcilable differences do you think uh-huh. that they've they, do you think they've wrecked it with bo harvat i think they did in the fall steve on I purpose mean, listen like on on purpose I, listen, you're always gonna. I, I don't know if anybody does it on purpose, but you 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 te- you start off by putting a value on a player, and they were clearly off in their in their value assessment of Bo Horvat in the fall. They made a contract offer to Bo Horvat in the fall that was far short of what he had accomplished in the past. I don't care what they say. I I know what the offer was. <laughs> it was far short, and that's where it started. He's your captain. He drives a lot of competitive play for your team. Okay, and 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 now now you now you all the players watch what's happening there. They watch what oh, Bo Horvat. That's that's what we got, right? I'm not gonna. I mean, Jim Rutherford also talked about J.T. Miller. Well, well, sometimes that's what you get. Sometimes you know you have to deal with those things. Listen, J.T. Miller had a great season last year. You cannot complain about the salary cap situation today when you're the one that exacerbated the salary cap problems. <laughs> He exacerbated it. Listen, in every salary cap situation, you have to make hard decisions. You can like JT Miller, but if you're liking JT Miller and at the expense of Bo Horvat, okay, it, it won't stop here, Steve. Like, understand it won't stop here. Elias Pettersson's coming up to the end of a contract, and he's got one year to unrestricted. What, what do you think Elias Pettersson's sitting there going, I want to sign up for this? You think Elias Pettersson wants to sign up for what's going on in Vancouver? I'm not going to speak for him, but if it was me – I'd be looking to get the hell out. That's what it feels like organically has transpired from the beginning to the middle to what will be the end with Bo Horvat. Like I, if, if at the beginning, if you think Horvat's worth eight times eight, let's just say, or they're going to try to say, come on, captain, look at the year he's having. Although that was earlier this year. I don't think anyone believes that Bo Horvat will be scoring like this in his future, Chris Kreider, like almost what he did last year. I don't think that matters. I think you still say, okay, you know, you can have a hall of fame year or an all-star year, but you are not a hall of famer or a continuous all-star. And we have to project that and understand that. And all that's fine. Given a choice, I'd rather have Horvat than Miller. You know, the Miller thing was going to be sign him or trade him as it relates to the puzzle pieces of everyone else. And it looked like they weren't going to, that at the last minute they did, it's almost as if, you know, I don't need those shoes. I don't need those shoes. Ah, I'm going to buy those shoes. Oh, their Louboutins are expensive. Ah, it's, it's a, you have a lot of shoes in your closet. Up, you know, you might need some sandals if we go. Nah, I don't need sandals. Yeah, you do. They they did. They they could have spent that money. I'm just saying. I'm just bringing up uh, Ben Sherrod and then Ilya Labushkin to be a a you know a, a a four six to go along with Quint Hughes. I'll be. Albrecht when Larson hasn't worked out. I mean, Demko's better than this. Like, I believe in Demko. But when you look at pieces, Horvat, even Miller, you look at Brock Besser, Elias Patterson, Quinn Hughes. Like, if you get rid of all this, you're going to have to rebuild this up from scratch. Now, they said retool, not rebuild, right? So they're going to want to get bad now to get improved odds on Connor Bedard. You know, now they're playing a, the most dangerous game. So how they do major surgery is not only intriguing to me but i hope they don't i hope they don't kill the body on the operating table a team that clearly even in bruce's last 100 games is 50 37 and 13 50 37 and 13 so if i'm bruce i have a 100 game resume with everything going on around me it's the picture of the dog having the coffee in his log cabin all good here 
when the rest of the log cabin is burning because he's in the middle of a forest fire. And if I'm some of these guys who get to dictate their own terms, what they were not going to say at training camp or the start of the year, I could see them saying the same thing. If Bo, and he's got what major representation from the one of the two super agents, get me out of here. Let's be a rental first, but if someone wants to talk, let's talk. And if that place is Carolina, if that place is Colorado, I'm talking about rental, right? You know, so McKinnon, Horvat. You know, if you're starting to think, let's play that game first and increase my value. Um, I just think this, it's tisk tisk too bad. They've been too good in the last year and a half to be this bad. You know what I mean? This isn't Columbus. Like Columbus is terrible. Like Columbus needs Connor Bedard and maybe Arizona probably need them the most because Columbus right now is just, they're the California Golden Seals for people of our age. They're the Capitals the year, the first year. You know, like, oh, my God. And I look at Vancouver now, and the closer you are to winning, the harder it is to lose. Sparky Anderson said that. Like, it's when you're closer to winning. But Vancouver's in a spot where they're they're the guy that should be buff and, and, and fit on the beach, and they're not bringing it. They're, they're overweight. They're not, they're not doing their homework. They're not brushing their teeth and smelling good with cologne. They're, they're, they're a lunch bag letdown. They're, they're, they got so many great forwards and a goalie when he's healthy. It's, it's too bad. It's like this. It's, it really is too bad. And you told me a long time ago, the most important job in hockey is the manager, is the general manager. And this group right now, honestly, and I'd say this if they're right here, they wish they could have rebooted the computer and started again from the moment they arrived, Craig. That That's what I really believe. I, I'm 100% with you. So, so, you know, people talk about tanking and getting Bedard. They drafted Elias Patterson fifth overall. He's a superstar. They drafted Quinn Hughes seventh overall. He, he's a star defenseman. One of the, one of the top call it 10, 12 defensemen in National Hockey League, in my view. Maybe 15, whatever you want to do. Okay? At five and seven. Like these, you know how hard it is to find a number one defenseman and a superstar forward like Pedersen? And so, and, and then you you have Horvat who fits in perfectly in the, in the way he plays. And you got to pay those players. It, the cap's going up. Like, you, you know, you got to project. Here's the other thing about JT Miller. He had another year left on his contract. You didn't have to sign him. Like, what was the rush to go and sign him? So now, so now you're the one that rushed to sign him. Why? Just say, JT, we'll, we'll, we'll pick this up in the, in the next year. Go and play. Just go and play. And JT's going to be motivated to go and play. You didn't have to sign him, right? You, you know, Bruce Boudreaux, 50 wins in 100 games. Bruce Boudreaux, when he took over the Vancouver Canucks last year, okay, like the spirit in Vancouver amongst the fan base was, was, was dampened. No, there was no life in the fan base. It was like our Vancouver guy. Bruce Boudreaux came in there and reestablished a spirit and a faith from the fan base and an excitement. Boy, we got something here. He has been failed by Jim Rutherford. Bruce Boudreaux and the Vancouver fans have been failed by Jim Rutherford. And I'm not even talking about how Jim Rutherford has treated Bruce Boudreaux. You know, oh, I'm talking to people about a coach. He's our coach for now. It started last spring. It started last spring with Bruce. I said it, and I'll say it again. Bruce should have said, hit the road, Jack, and don't you come back no more. I'm out of here. That's what Bruce should have done. Bruce was loyal, 
and he hasn't received the same treatment back. That is what disappoints me to the greatest extent. Jim Rutherford has failed the Vancouver Canucks players and their fan base. Sports Interaction is Canada's sports book. Here's how it works. You log on to sia.com forward slash cool button pod. You click, you sign up, you deposit, you play and have fun. We're looking at Wednesday, Craig. What do you have on Wednesday? The Avs. McKinnon's on fire. They're going into Calgary, and they are going to beat the Flames on home ice. I'm also looking at Vancouver. Steven Stamkos gets 500. I thought he'd do it last week. He'll do it against one of the worst defensive teams in the league, the Vancouver Canucks. Eric Carlson, EK65. He's been great. Two points against the Dallas Stars on Wednesday night. Make those bets. You're feeling it. I feel an upset on Wednesday. Ottawa on the money line at home against Pittsburgh. I don't like the Penguins game. The Sens are due. It's going to be a low-scoring affair, so also take the under, folks. Ottawa on the money line, under at home on Wednesday. I hope I'm feeling it the way Craig is. Sports Interaction is Canada's sportsbook, 19+. plus. Please gamble and win responsibly. 34, 5, and 4. It's interesting how we're talking about Vancouver at the beginning in Boston now. They played in the 2011 Cup Final. And you talk about ugh, things going wrong in one city. And continually, even though 2013, they could have won the Cup again then. They did get some luck, I guess, in the first round. But you make your own luck. Uh, who doesn't love... I mean, how could anyone never have loved, say, Steve Eiserman? How could anyone not like Steve Stamkos? Patrice Bergeron, I get 63. Don't get me, don't get me wrong. But and David Krejci, it's just a great story. I I don't, you know, if you want to be the 77, 78 Montreal Canadiens or the or the Red Wings under Scotty Bowman or Cooper's Lightning, I guess you have to set the records and then eventually back it up with wins. But I mean, David Posternock, I don't know how much money you think he's going to get. Uh, what Pavel Saka has done with David Krejci coming back 1,000 games. It's almost too good. You know, it's almost, I'm not saying I don't believe it. I am saying I'm surprised. I guess like every team, you got to win 16 in the playoffs or it doesn't matter, Craig. But to me, maybe I go back to Saturday. I'll go back to Saturday. One versus two. And what I saw was this. A foreshadowing of future events. If the Leafs were still to beat Tampa somehow, and then played Boston. What we saw was a one-game look into a, we went into a time machine. We slid into late, you know, May. And we saw a game that could have been game one or game seven. And the Bruins won and the Leafs lost. The Leafs lost by giving it away, by not getting better goaltending than the other guy. And the other guy just kind of found a way. That, that's what I saw. I saw the future. If I'm Kyle Dubas, I saw the future. Ah! And I don't like it. And if I'm Boston, <laughs> I saw the future and I said, Bring it on. Who am I to? Who says that? Bring it on. It sounds like a country in Western. <laughs> That's what I saw. You tell me if I'm right, wrong, or somewhere in the middle. Well, you know, we worked together on Saturday night, but watching the game, I saw it exactly the same as you did. So two things I'm going to focus in on. The Toronto Maple Leafs, right? Like, they know who they're playing in the first round of the playoffs. And if they win that round, which is their goal, then they know who they're playing in the second round, which is, you know, you gotta, it's got to it's gotta be Boston, right? So, like, imagine you're sitting on January 17th and you're looking at exactly what your future needs to, what, what it's going to be. 
And now you get a chance to say, well, wait a second here. I, I know the seven numbers in, in the lottery. Like, why wouldn't I pick the seven numbers? Like, I might have six. Well, now you get a chance to get the seventh. <laughs> like, I think for Kyle Dubas and the Toronto Maple Leafs, this is like the best scenario they could ever be in. They don't have to, who are we playing? Who might we be playing? How do we put? They know exactly what the template is. So go and strengthen your team. Because when I watched the Boston Bruins against the Toronto Maple Leafs on Saturday, I said, that's exactly the type of team, as good as Toronto is, that gives Toronto all kinds of problems. You know, they're big. They push at you. They play at a real top-notch pace. And they make you pay for mistakes. You know, Connor Timmons, you're out on the ice versus David Pasternak. Like, you're making that play on a spin around at the offensive zone blue line. Uh-uh. That puck. But that's coaching. Because the Toronto Maple Leafs don't want to dump the puck in. They don't want to just say, next play. That, so people will blame Connor Timmons. And I get it. But that's also the way they want to play. We don't want to give up the puck. Well, good. You didn't give up the. You didn't want to give up the puck, and then you gave up the puck by not wanting to give up the puck. That's not very good. That's not very. And then John Tavares, with the, you know, John's been such a good player for the Leafs, a big, a big turnover. So that's so the Leafs now have a, have a great opportunity to just evaluate. Hey, what do we need? How do we give ourselves a better chance? The reason the Boston Bruins are such a great story is because we didn't know what to expect at the beginning of the season. <laughs> Injuries, Krejci coming back. What does it mean? I talked to Jamie Lagenbrunner. On Monday at the uh, all at the BioSteel All American Game, he's assistant general manager in Boston. He said three things have really factored into their team. Three things. He said number one, he goes, our depth has really played well to to, to what we need them to do. He said, Krejci, David Krejci has come back and been magnificent for us, right? And he said, Jim Montgomery has built on what Bruce Cassidy had. Well. That, that's a pretty good and, – and he also mentioned Hampus Lindholm, what, how we stabilize the defense. You know, we talked about Vancouver not recognizing what you needed. Like, this was a good team in Boston, and Don Sweeney said, oh, we need to make a change behind the bench. Hmm. Okay, good. Oh, I need a defenseman, so I'm going to make a trade for Hampus Lindholm. Oh, I'm going to try to bring David Krejci back here because he could really help our team. <laughs> like – like are you like that's that that's that's management. <laughs> that's how it works. You know what? Maybe Don Sweeney can work for Boston and Vancouver. <laughs> I like Don Sweeney's chances to improve Vancouver a lot better than Jim Rutherford. <laughs> well, we don't want to get into Pat Quinn and tampering. Uh, Pat, we love it. We love it. But, uh, we remember what happened to that LA Vancouver situation, Craig. But you're bang on, and he still, although was criticized because he didn't deliver earlier. He brought in and identified Linus Allmark when Tuka Rask yep. decided. So he brought in Allmark. That didn't work right away to help Swayman. So he had the Allmark, Swayman, Rask, Rask retires. The Lindholm, he, Lindholm hasn't played that good in Anaheim for years. So there's about identifying someone who isn't doing what they want because of a lot of reasons there. Then the coach comes in when, the, like, Bruce Cassidy's a great coach, but he had run out his tenure yep. like pat burns admitted in his time when they just don't he's a i'm a son of a gun they don't like me anymore crazy then comes back because of it then the new coach comes in and goes how about crazy imposter knock with zaka that puts hall on the third line gives us maybe with coil and frederick one of the best third lines in hockey which allows debrus to play with 37 and 60 <gasps> oh! you know and then <laughs> felino's healthy and then you go wow and and 
Yes, it's all come together. And I'm not saying they're going to go 16 and four and they're going to be the 20 or 1993 Montreal Canadiens or the Oilers when they, I'm not saying that either because now it's prove it time and they might play Washington or Pittsburgh in the first round, whatever. I get it. That's, that's fine. But all these things and everything that Boston touched and because the Vancouver Boston theme from 2011 is our theme, everything they touched worked and everything Vancouver's touched is Medusa turned to stone. And, and I'm not going so far back as to say, you know, the Sedins shouldn't have let Marchand punch him in the head. I wouldn't have let someone punch. Like I love the Sedins that at times we talk about winning and win it when it changes from the, from the, from October hockey to January hockey to March hockey to spring hockey and how you've seen, you know, the, the pendulum and everything switch. The one thing the Bruins have been able to do under this core group of three, Char is gone, Rask is gone, we know that stuff, is identify where we are in the spectrum and when we're going to do the little things. Marchand knows they can't call everything in the playoffs. So if I come <laughs> in, I cross-check you above the belt and right at the kidneys. They might get called once. Not going to get called every time. The face washes, the, the son of a... At the end of the day still... There's going to be big boy pant hockey. And why it ties in to those other teams is the Wings needed to learn it, and they did. Tampa needed to learn it, and they did. Toronto needs to learn it, and people don't believe that they have or have some of the per- – in a perfect world, in a perfect world, the Leafs get out of 21-year-old Wendell Clark, right? God bring back Peter Zezel and Sylvain Lefebvre. Those three – on this team, yep, you know, that would help a lot. If they need three pieces at the deadline to beat Tampa and then Boston and then Carolina, and Craig, it's 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 a long winding road. They're they're not getting the LA Kings or Minnesota in the first round. This is the road. So you either embrace it and prepare for it, or what else is gonna change? If I bang my head against the wall six years in a row and it hurt, why would banging it against the wall the seventh <laughs> year stop it from hurting? Again, that's just how I see it. Dryden Hunt is a small stride in the right direction, a small one, but there's work to be done. And this is a team that going into Saturday, we're second overall in the NHL. So I'm not just, I'm not just dimin- diminishing the nope. regular season under this Matthews Shanahan administration, it has been an outstanding run of regular season hockey. That's the test. The exam kids to get into Harvard is in the spring, which they failed miserably six years in a row. Okay. I got two final thoughts. That sounds funny, right? I'm going to have two final thoughts before I turn it over to you. So, you know, I think about, uh, the Washington Capitals. My dad and David Poyle worked together in Washington for a long time. Go look at those teams in the late 80s, early 90s. They were amongst the best in the league. Amongst the best in the league. They could never get to the promised land because they were always missing something. You know, they were always short on something. Good players, good regular season team, they couldn't get. So you know what? It, the first goal is to be a good regular season team. And then the, the second point to, to, to what you said this is what you got to do to get to, to, to what I call the promised land, and that that's what everybody's trying to do. And when you're a, when you're a, when you're a good regular season team, a top team, that's all that matters now. 
For the Toronto Maple Leafs, that's all that matters. So I go back to that. So don't think just because – and don't think that just you keep going one year, two year, four years, six years, that it's going to end up being it because it never did come to fruition for the Washington Capitals. As good as they were for all those years, it never came to fruition. I finish with this. The Tampa Bay Lightning had an unbelievable record in 2018-2019. <laughs> and they got swept aside in four straight by the Columbus Blue Jackets. And, you know, everybody goes, oh, they got to do this, blah, blah, blah. But what does Julian Breezebois do? He recognized what they needed. Oh, I think we need Blake Coleman. Blake Coleman? Well, yeah, he, we need some speed and some size as a part. Gave up a first-round draft pick to Nolan Foot, another first-round draft pick. Because he said, that's what's going to help my team. Well, they, they went one. The next, uh, oh, sorry. He also got Barkley Goudreau for a first-round draft pick. <laughs> right? So, you know, you're, you're, you're going. To, so, again, then they win with those two guys, two years. You know, this Yanni Gord. They lose Yanni Gord. So, what does he do last year? Oh, we need some. Oh, Nick Paul. Big, sexy name on the on the trade bait boards, right? Oh, and, uh, you know, Brandon Hagel. Brandon Hagel. <laughs> and they go, they go to game six of the Stanley Cup final game, and another good team this year. Everybody goes, I hear it all the time. Oh, the price, the price, I can't, the price is too high. When you're a good team, I'll tell you what the price to pay is. It's hard to win, and there's a price to be paid. And you want to keep complaining about the, the price you got to pay to acquire good players, to help your team win, your star players win? Tell you what, the price to pay to get good players is far less than the price of falling short. I would suggest that the Toronto Maple Leafs want to take a page out of the Tampa Bay Lightning's book. I love it. I love it. Paying the price. That's a beautiful final thought. Well, Craig, the cat is out of the bag. As reported on this day by the Sports Business Journal, there is a deal between SiriusXM and the NHL, a seven-year deal that started this year that goes through 2029 for exclusive satellite play-by-play -play rights, Canada and the USA, on Channel 91 and our family of channels. And as part of the deal, as it says here, that we've been uh, waiting for the official release, we'll also be calling the All-Star Game this year for the first time. Myself, Gordy, and Scotty. Bruce will be there producing as he always is. So we're excited at SiriusXM to be part of a seven-year extension with the National Hockey League running through 2029. I'll be in the booth. He scores! With Gord Stelic and Scotty will be ringside. I, I just want to say, I mean, in North America, Sirius XM, what, what you do, Steve, and, uh, and the morning show and everybody, I mean, it, it's a go-to place for, for the NHL and information and knowledge and analysis up to the minute. I know how hard you worked. I've worked with you for a long time. You stay up. You watch all the games. Bruce Bolton and, and many others that are so invested in the game of hockey and presenting it to the fans in an entertaining and informative way. Well-deserved, well-deserved. Thank you, my friend. And with that, that concludes episode 109 of the Cool Button Hockey Podcast. We'll be back with episode 110. Good luck on your sports interaction bets. Uh, Bruce and I can't wait to get to FLA, and I can't wait after the All-Star Game is over to finally have a nice cold one. It'll probably have, end up being a Budweiser and breaking bread with our Sirius XM crew. Of course, on Peter. For Bruce Bolton, <laughs> Craig Button, who's bought a few meals uh, around here. And I'm Steve Coolius. Have a great week. 
Enjoy January. No January vlogs or dog days. Who let the dogs out? Yeah, we're enjoying this month. See ya.